Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. Hey, welcome to episode two of season four of Outside by Design. You'll notice Iris and I got our echo fixed um, because Iris built a blanket fortress around us in my office and we got some permanent walls. The construction's going better. We're sitting on a comfy couch. We're surrounded by a blanket fort. What else could you ask for? (laughs) Yeah. So it's good. So thanks for bearing with us on last week's audio when Iris and I were talking. This week's episode, I think, is really, really fascinating. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to Annalisa Lovely, the CEO of Icelandic Skis. And I think the most interesting thing about it is it kind of helps redefine what it means to be a CEO and what being a CEO looks like and kind of taking initiative, owning your shit and taking care of yourself. Yeah, I think it was really interesting. Um, Annalisa became CEO of Icelandic in 2014. She talks about just her process becoming a CEO and and realizing that she can be her own CEO. She doesn't have to do it the way that everyone's told her or all her business books have told her. And um, her process is really fascinating. Uh, This is going to be our second episode um, centered around the word initiative for the month of February. So we get to hear what Annalisa thinks about initiative, what that means to her, how she's embracing that in her life, her personal life, and her business life. Cool. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And the very first question we always ask everyone is to describe where they are and what they're looking at and uh, where they are in the country. Nice. I am in Golden, Colorado, which is where I live. And I'm in my home office. Um, I'm looking at a bunch of plants and crystals (laughs) and books and um, a nice painting from uh, Travis Parr, who's our artist. And that's my dog, Louie. Sorry about that. Oh, Louie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's where I am and what I'm looking at. Awesome. And you are on the podcast during the month. We are talking about the word initiative. Love it. Which is exciting. Yes. Um, And so I'm curious, you know, when we first told you that, what first came to mind for the word initiative and what that means to you? Yeah. um, What first came to mind is the word ownership, too. I kind of equate those two, initiative and ownership. And um, it's really an appropriate word and theme for me right now. Um, The past couple years, specifically, I've been really kind of meditating on and focusing on what it means to kind of like take initiative or ownership Um, I have for a lot of my life, and this might be surprising to people, but I've lived in a really kind of victim-y sort of mentality for a lot of my life. And, um, I think becoming CEO was a big, um, opportunity to kind of step up and then even, so I've been CEO for four years now and then more specifically, yeah, the past couple of years 
I've been dealing with some like health issues and, um, and obviously growth issues with Icelandic, um, that have really required me to own, own my shit basically (laughs) in a lot of different ways. And that means taking initiative and taking initiative with my health and, um, with my vision for Icelandic and, um, yeah, all, all across the board. I mean, I could talk the whole podcast about what, what this means to me, but initiative in general, I mean, it just, to me, it just means, um, taking action and, and kind of owning, owning a vision or owning, owning your action. I won't extrapolate too much, but yeah. Wow. That was an amazing answer. And there's so much to unpack there. Um, (laughs) for sure. It was a loaded question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. So I'm interested. One of my questions I have written down to ask you is, do, do you feel like a CEO? Great question. That has been um, that has been my journey. You know, I mean, so when I took over as CEO, um, yes, I'll answer your question. Yes, I feel like a CEO now, and it's been a really long journey. Um, because when I first became CEO, our, the company was really sick and I had to turn it around to make a long story short. And it was a really gnarly time. I mean, we were hemorrhaging money everywhere. I mean, there was millions of dollars that had been put into the business and we weren't making money. And I had to reorganize the whole thing, which meant firing friends and closing down offices and breaking hearts and blah, blah, blah. And I... Um, I did all this from a weird place in my head that thought that I knew what a CEO was supposed to do and how a CEO was supposed to act. And I had had some models, I guess, from being on the board of directors in the, in the ski industry. And I don't know, it was, it was really strange. And in retrospect, looking back on it now, um, you know, I wasn't acting from a place of truth from my own, you know, place of compassion or um, basically if I were to do the same thing now, I would do it pretty differently with a lot more sort of empathy and compassion. But um, yeah, and so I I hated being a CEO for a minute (laughs) because I was was just really disconnected. You know, my head and my heart were just like severed, I felt like, from each other. Um, And yeah, and that's kind of been my journey of initiative and ownership is to find out what it meant to me to be CEO and what that looked like. Because I... um, I'm me and I'm different from everybody else and I'm not a man and I'm, um, yeah, I require different things. And so, yes, I do feel like a CEO now and that's a, um, it's kind of an interesting thing to say, but as CEO, I just feel like my role is to sort of protect, protect this, this entity that we've all built together and I'm, I'm good in that role. And by doing that, I mean, I have to, I have to take care, really good care of myself, and that's um, that's essentially my role. <laughs> it's like yeah. taking good care yeah. of myself, so I can take good care of my of the people and company that we're creating. Yeah, and that's intense. It it really is. Uh, I yeah, I know a little bit about what you're going through in my role as I've always been a creative director, but my company is so big now I have had to transition into CEO of my agency and it is like not, it's not as fun. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> quite frankly, it's, it's not as fun. And you have to be like very, you know, just kind of like very um, like have a mental fortitude to be pretty calm and, um, you know, dealing with numbers and like really, really objective things when maybe your heart wants to be subjective. Do you find that to be like something you encounter as well? Yeah, definitely. And I, um, yeah, I've gone through so many renditions of that, of like feeling sorry for myself for like, I mean, cause both of us are in creative, creative businesses and creative industries. And I'm sure everyone around you like me is, um, on, you know, they have a lot of creative freedom and they're just, you know, traveling and making things up all the time. And, um, I'm like, this is, this is exaggerating a little bit, but I'm stuck, you know, at the office reviewing the numbers and reporting to investors. And, um, yeah, I get stuck in that, but that's for me personally, that is, you know, when I find myself, you know, feeling sorry for myself in that role a little bit, that's an indicator that I am sort of in the victim-y mentality and, Mm-hmm. then it's time for me to flip on the the initiative or ownership switch and um and you know be grateful for the role that I have and the role that I'm creating because honestly and what I've come to and this kind of gives me chills just talking about it but I am you know this role that I have that you have is can be the most creative role there is I mean to create a vision and a direction for a whole community or entity is a pretty, pretty exciting, you know, opportunity to have. And um, yeah, so I, I think where I'm coming to, and I mean, I still kind of get, get in the dump sometimes, but um, all the like financial and boring, more objective work is just kind of the vehicle to, that supports um, the more creative visioning work that, really kind of turns me on and brings me life. So there's always with every role I've found, because I've done every role in Icelandic and beyond, you know, not every role, but you know, I've done, I've done quite a bit. And there's always, there's always work that's not fun and that's kind of draining. And, um, you know, so I think just looking at it like that has, has been a big one for me, but yeah, I think, I think, and maybe you can relate to this too, but the responsibility sometimes is really heavy on me, mm-hmm. just kind of feeling that. And But then at the same time, it that gives me motivation to, to remain strong, you know, and that's like to remain strong in my body and mind and spirit. And it's just yeah. like, that is my motivation when I, when I feel the weight of responsibility, because it's heavy <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. And and I like, I like being a little bit nimble. Like if I have an idea I'm really excited about, there's no one that, that tells me no, you know, and I think that's the most exciting part. Totally. And your, your whole team probably supports, supports that moment when you have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Are you a busy business owner that doesn't have time in the morning to make breakfast when you're running out of your door with your briefcase and your coffee? Super dope briefcase, you look good. 
Well, there are companies out there that will send frozen fruit cups right to your door. So you just pour them into your blender in the morning and you buzz it right up and it turns into a delicious smoothie and it's so fast and easy. That reminds me of a creative agency I know that takes all your ideas and blends them together into a digital strategy. Good ideas, bad ideas, great ideas, our ideas, your ideas. We take all those ideas and throw in other things like experience and strategy and facts and come up with the greatest digital strategy your brand has ever tasted. WheelieCreative.com, keeping your brand delicious. Wow, I, I thought that was one of the most interesting things I have heard in years. And kind of finding the creativity in that CEO position and the ownership of like, these are all choices that we've made to get to where we've gone. And I've definitely been thinking about this part of our conversation since Annalisa and I had it. And I mean, it's it's been shifting my viewpoint, actually, ever since she said this. So thanks for those words. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like... It's been a journey being a, becoming a CEO. Oh, absolutely. I think, and I'm, I mean, I started my company when I was 22 and uh, I didn't know how to be a boss when I had employees at age 24, you know, yeah. and now after 10 years in business, everything is a lot easier, but um, absolutely. Every single day is different. I feel like any, any business owner can relate to Annalisa's process coming into her own and, and taking on a position that maybe you don't necessarily know what to do but you figure it out and you own it yeah all right so let's hear a little bit more from Annalisa about her leadership style and so what is your what does leading a team look like for you now um it's really a lot of listening (laughs) I'm like um because I I feel so lucky our team is so killer and we just have a lot of self-starters who take initiative take ownership of their roles and so it's really I, I do a lot of yeah kind of observing and and listening and advising which sounds kind of funny but um uh yeah people come to me with like ideas or problems or solutions and um I you know, I hear them out, talk it through with them and, you know, kind of like let the direction or the answer, whatever surface through that. Um, And that was one thing I always struggled with when I became CEO was I had this idea of like this, like raw, raw soccer coach in my head that like got up in front of everybody and pumped them up and like, you know, like led with like fire stick in my hand and you know, in front of everybody. <laughs> and I was like, I, I literally, it was like tearing me up inside. Cause I would, I just had so much self doubt around that, like around, you know, the, the, just the possibility of me being that. And I would keep telling I'm like, I'm not that I can't do it. I don't, I can't be CEO. I'm not this. And, um, yeah. So, and I'm not that. <laughs> um, and my business partner, Ben, who we, we basically co- co-run the business a little bit. I mean, the buck definitely stops with me, but he's, I call him the Pied Piper and he's way more of that, but, um, and he's really good at it. That's his natural, his, you know, that's like his natural disposition. He loves that and people follow him, but yeah. So for me, leading is much more about just kind of like, um, 
I guess a term that people know is like leading from behind. Um, that's much more, I'm much more comfortable there. Just kind of supporting people and yeah, feeling it out and observe a lot of observation, both on a micro level in the company with specific people and then also on an industry sort of world level too. And then I, I like zoom in and out and yeah, to kind of just keep, keep pulse on what's going on so I can make appropriate actions. That was a long answer. <laughs> yeah, but, but an awesome one. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Leading is so different for everybody, I think. And I mean, um, I think probably the best advice I could ever give to anybody and, and leadership, you can be a leader as a mom or just, you know, like leadership is not just our positions that you and I are in. Right. But yep. yeah, it's, I think leadership probably is, yeah, it's a, it's a pursuit that you have to really figure out for yourself because then once you're in your authentic sort of truth place of power, then that's where you become a leader. So, yeah. Oh, I have never heard like your truth as your place of power. Tell me about that. That's a really cool concept. <laughs> um, yeah, this is something I'm pretty into recently. Um, yeah, I mean, my a lot of my journey has been, I mean, I was really pretty far off from my center, um, just from like, you know, different events in my life and different things that I was born into and whatever, and just being around really strong people. And, you know, I didn't, yeah, I mean, that's that's been my journey for the past, man, decade or two is just kind of returning to self and returning to my own sort of truth or nature. Um, and as I've done that, I've found my power because so much, you know, we have all of these cues that that create us millions and millions of little cues from the time we were born that shape us and shape our belief systems and our patterns and everything like that. And um, it's really easy to kind of just go with those and not question them. But I think digging into them, which is what I've been doing recently, is is such a, just a place of power because personally, you know, I've just kind of come come to this place and realize, like, for example, the CEO story is a great, a great example of it, of like, man, I was, that was not me, how I was leading. I was like acting from these ideas that I had in my head that people have told me how CEOs are supposed to act or that I've read about or whatever. And really like taking time and space to, to, to like question who I really am, what's important to me, what are my values really beneath all of the other, you know, like noise that society has. Um, that's where I found my like true, true power, power. And it's, it's a never ending quest, I think. Um, but I've had really great success with it because then you're, then you're grounded. You're, you know, who you are, you don't, you know, I don't question decisions as much anymore you know I mean when I'm grounded and solid and acting from a place in my heart and gut rather than just in my brain it's like fucking game changer in terms of yeah being able that was a little was a little I hope you understood that I did I, I, I love it actually yeah 
I love it. And in in your shift as a CEO and kind of returning to your truth around leadership and having a team that entire time, do you feel like your team kind of morphed with you and they they were like, "Okay, you're you know, you're guiding the ship. We're on for the ride." Like or do you, or do you think that was just a difficult thing for everybody? Um, it was a really difficult transition for everybody like the first year and just because I mean it was a disruption a major disruption we were on this like nice sailboat ship just cruising along you know and then I kind of came CEO and had to do it but um but through the process I mean all of the relationships that were sort of compromised for a minute have become much stronger much kind of richer and deeper and in terms of our company now and you know everybody that we work with both within the company and like contracted out and everything everybody I mean it's a really beautiful culture that's kind of emerged from all of this and so yeah to answer your question it's been um yeah it's it's sort of dispersed throughout the culture absolutely it's it's a really nice open um, transparent culture with uh, sort of an emphasis on like truth and self-care and yeah yeah and and it was never you know explicit in that that's what we wanted to create or wanted to do but I think just by yeah by my actions that I've taken in in kind of like turning inwards into all this stuff it's um, yeah it's kind of by default led others to do the same thing. So it's been a really cool thing to witness, especially in this industry that's like, (laughs) you know, run on testosterone and kind of, you know, our values are sort of measured by how poorly we treat our bodies and how far you send it. And, you know, I mean, there's so much competition in this. It's just not the most gentle industry there is, but it's been cool to see, yeah, the transformation in our our company. I feel really proud about that. Yeah. And I, I think it's really a refreshing uh, stance to take in the ski industry or, or snow sports industry in general, because like partying has always been so celebrated and, and you guys are a little bit more like, yeah, well maybe make a smoothie too. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. It just seems really fresh. Yeah, no, it's, it's, God, it is like the biggest relief ever. I mean, I, cause geez, I was right there with everybody partying hard for a long time, but, and I, I always like knew in my heart and body that I was like, oh, I hate this, but I did it Mm -hmm. anyways, because that's what everybody else did. And yeah. And now it's so fun. There's like a real culture of health in our company and, and like, you know, people aren't afraid to like say no now and, you know, and I mean, God, everybody still has a great time. And obviously there's never any judgment around any of that because we've all been there. But yeah, it's fun. And it's, God, it feels so much more healthy and sustainable. It's like, that's, I am like all about that. That is like more important to me than anything else is like just taking care of our ourselves because without, without that, we have nothing. So yeah. Yeah. I think the ski industry is getting a little better maybe, but I don't know. I also, I mean... We're in our, th- I'm, you know, like 
the founders, you know, there was four of us at Icelandic, mm-hmm. but we're all like, you know, mid thirties now. And so that's, that probably has mm-hmm. a lot to do with it too, <laughs> but Hey, I'll take it. And yeah, the next generations are definitely tuning into that too. I mean, at SIA this year, our snacks were like carrots and hummus and tea. And like, it was like, it was such a good, not just like bottles of vodka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It felt really good. That my favorite part about being in my 30s is getting like dialed yeah. on, on, uh, and it, sh- it shifts as my interest shifts. But like, um, I hired a nutritionist out of Breckenridge to like help me not bonk while I'm skinning, and you know, nice. and, and uh, like just getting really dialed has been a fun process for me. And it used to feel a little arduous, but once I was like focused more on the process, um, it really it has become like my favorite thing about getting a little older. Yeah, it's cool. And the the dividends are kind of endless, you know, like learning what, yeah, learning how your body works and what fuels you and what drains you. And yeah, there's, that's, that's awesome. Good work. Lisa, when you step out of the shower, the first thing that you do is you put on underwear. This is assuming you shower. Yeah, I didn't today. But if I did take a shower this morning, the first thing I would have put on is underwear. And that's because the stuff that's underneath really matters. It cradles you, it's supportive, and it should be comfortable and keep you going throughout your day. There are companies out there that make incredibly comfortable underwear. But even better than that is a creative agency I know that believes that what's under your brand matters even more than what's under your clothing. What creative agency is that? wheeliecreative.com. It's actually just called Wheelie, but the URL is wheeliecreative.com. And at Wheelie, we know that what's underneath your brand is incredibly important to the rest of your brand's day, such as a comfortable, supportive strategy that keeps your business fresh. So check out wheeliecreative.com. It's like underwear for your brand. So Lisa, what did you think about um, Annalisa's process, becoming a leader, and and her her idea that your truth is a place of power? I thought that was brilliant and incredibly relevant to all human beings, whether you're a CEO or you're working your first position in the in the outdoor industry. Like I think I think that operating from a place of truth is incredibly difficult to do. Uh, but it feels the best. And then you know when it feels right and um, you attract more good when you're when you're being truthful to yourself. So I think that's a relevant tidbit to anyone. Yeah, business owners or, or not. Yeah. And I loved what she was saying about the culture of health at Icelandic and creating a culture of health. And I think um, that's, uh, again, another personal thing and making sure you take care of yourself before you can take care of others is a really big deal. And this is just a hell of a podcast, I think. Yeah. Let's get back to it. And the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot is I'm a snowboarder, not a skier. And snowboarding in the scheme of things is relatively new. So there, I never had like an old lady hero that was a snowboarder to look up to. <laughs> and so, you know, there wasn't like an old like Warren Miller type of snowboarder because the sport's just not old enough. Um, and so I always thought that like, oh yeah, well one day you're, you know, you don't see adults snowboarding, so you're going to have to give up snowboarding or like, 
and and I'm realizing that it's just changing with me and it's something I still do almost every day um but but maybe I'm not hitting rails maybe I'm skinning or like you know just taking a lap with my dog or something and so like I'm really enjoying the evolution that's awesome good work yeah that's huge and that's another great lesson I feel like in you know being a leader too is like remaining kind of like tuning in and tuning into the present and you know questioning relevancy because things change all the time and if you get attached to like yeah being a park rider or something you know then yeah you're you're going to be disappointed when you're 45 or 60 you know and um but man if you like see opportunities to yeah skin with your dog or yeah that's awesome I love that you got to always evolve that's that's a mantra at Icelandic is just you know always always growing it's natural once you stop moving, you die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You rest, you rest. Yeah, exactly. Um, has that happened to you for skiing, like where skiing is kind of growing and changing with you from a young age to where you are now? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've, I've done every snow sport. So I grew up Nordic skiing, Nordic racing, um, classic and skate. And then I started snowboarding and snowboarded all through college competitively. And then I tellied for a while, like 10 years or so. And then I started, and then I like alpined and I've been alpining for the past six or seven years. Um, so I've kind of kept it fresh, but recently alpine, cause I live on the front range of, of Colorado, you know, which is the mm-hmm. busiest mm-hmm. place in the world to ski. It's very frustrating. And so I've had to definitely shift my, kind of my patterns around skiing, um, like I don't really ski at resorts anymore, especially not on weekends. And yeah, so I've had to, I've had to, it's been a little humbling for sure, but now I, God, I just love touring with my dog, kind of like you. And that brings me so much joy. And I ski a lot less now than I have at certain times, but I'm really happy with that because I'm kind of into other things. And I think the main thing for me is not judging myself and not kind of comparing myself to others or, you know, like letting Instagram make me jealous or anything like that. And it doesn't anymore, which is great, but yeah, just being, being psyched with what I have and being grateful for the times that I do get out. And yeah, I, skiing's always going to be a part of my life and it's, it's in my blood. So, but yeah, I, I take it easy. I don't put any pressure on myself to go skiing or I did not ski or yeah. Cause that, man, that makes you crazy. Makes me crazy. And Oh, if I lived in Whitefish, it would probably be different. Like I was up in Steamboat this weekend and I'm like, fuck, I really miss living in a mountain town. Cause then you wake up and it's like, God, five minutes, I can be on the mountain, ski for an hour, come home. But here it's like, it is a, such an ordeal to ski from where I am right now. So I do aspire in my older years to live much closer to skiing and yeah, everything goes in waves, you know? Absolutely. And Golden is a sweet spot. Yeah, Golden is a sweet spot. It's really nice. I I live here. I mean, I moved here because there's man, trails, so many trails. I'm a I'm a big trail runner and hiker and so like out my door I can hit six different trailheads that are all unique and awesome and yeah, Golden's great. And there's a river that runs right through the town that I swim in every day in the summer and 
It's close to Denver. It's close to the airport and it's relatively close to the mountains. So yeah, Golden's great. Yeah. That's a, that's a good spot. Are you from Montana originally? No, I'm from Fort Collins. Oh, you are. Oh, nice. You understand. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I understand. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually started my agency um, in Crested Butte where I lived for quite a while. And, uh, you know, Crested Butte's so small that I basically had designed everyone a new logo in town and then had to move. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you worked yourself out of there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And that was before, like, you know, before the internet was as viable as it is now. But yeah, that's that's my little 20-second origin story. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Good work. But yeah. And so you moved, I think I have this fact, right? You moved Icelandic from Denver to Golden. Yep. Yeah. That was part of the re reorg. I, I was, yeah. I was, it was like classic. It's so funny too. Cause it's like the ski industry, like how serious can it get? But I found myself right. commuting in traffic every day. And I was just like, man, this is not at all what I want to do. What would I want to be doing? And like Denver is a great city, but, and we had a really cool office in a co-working space that was super vibrant and fun. And, but man, I would like, yeah, I found myself like leaving my house at whatever nine and coming back at like five or six and like, not, I mean, just like being in the city the entire day in an office all day, just like gnarly. It wasn't me. And so, yeah was one of the things I did when I became CEO was pulled everybody to get their thoughts on moving west and everybody was psyched and so yeah we ended up finding the like dream spot right in downtown Golden it's this cool old garage that um yeah that we 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 got to like make into exactly what we wanted it has these two huge garage doors that we open wide up in the summer and right on main street. So we opened a little retail store and yeah, it's been, and I can walk there from my from my house, which is game changer. Um, yeah. Commuting in traffic was kind of wearing at my soul, <laughs> even though it was only like a 30 minute commute. Yeah. I don't know how people do it for like an hour each way every day. I'd go nuts. Yeah. But good move in general because. So now you can just walk right over. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now I just walk right over. Sometimes I'll go swimming on the way in. <laughs> My dog always goes swimming on the way in. It's really nice. And most of our employees live west, like Evergreen and kind of Golden area. So it, it made way more sense. And now, I mean, people are so much happier. It was it was a mega lifestyle move for sure for the company. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks. Is there anything? else that you want to tell our audience that I haven't asked you? Um, no, I mean, I'm really on this self-care kick right now, like I kind of alluded to in the beginning, but um, I, would, I, would, I would say especially women, and I don't, I don't like to, you know, specify men or women because men need it too, absolutely. But as women are, you know, coming out into this world as leaders and kind of starting to own their power, I really deeply believe that the most important thing you can do is like dig in and dig into self-care and, and um, yeah, just take like extra, extra good care of yourself, whatever that means, you know, like um, 
because that is our source of power. And it's so easy to get sideswiped in this world if you're putting yourself out there. And the more you can be grounded and trust in your in your strength, then the better off we'll be, the better off the world will be. We need more we need more heart-centered peeps out there. So yeah. I'm really into this right now because it's served me well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's what I would say. Do you have an example of like something in your routine that you changed that made a big difference? Um, yeah, not going to the office every day was huge for me. Just kind of, um, I was always going to the office out of kind of guilt and like knowing that this idea that I had to be there to set an example for people when really I like was kind of wasting time when I was there and I was just like, it was a placeholder. I was just kind of, you know, I wasn't as effective as I could possibly be. So, um, and it's been a long process. I'm not a hundred percent where I like want to be, but I feel much less guilt now around going to the office because I know that when I'm there, I'm there a hundred percent and I'm there to, you know, interact with people and do that role while I'm there. And then when I'm not there, I'm usually doing something that's feeding my soul, like being outside or skiing or just working from my home, which I just work a, a lot better, um, you know, in quiet and privacy and stuff. So, um, yeah, that that's one great example of just, yeah, not going to the office as much, which maybe I shouldn't encourage on this podcast, but we're all so different, you know, like people are so different and the industrial revolution was a weird time where we're all like, oh, we're, we're machines and we don't, live like that anymore and we don't work like that anymore so um yeah <laughs> we're not machines and we uh, shouldn't get paid for our time um so yeah I don't know finding your own flow with work is a huge huge that has been a huge deal for me and I'm so lucky I mean I know not everybody has this freedom and so I know that maybe this isn't a relevant piece of advice for a lot of people but think more and more in in offices and in companies especially in our industry there's a lot more flexibility with that so yeah yeah speaking up about that is is important yeah <clears throat> well i i love that answer and uh i've really enjoyed this conversation yeah thanks i think uh yeah i think i think you're a really cool lady so i'm really honored that you were on the podcast this week and thanks for having me Thanks so much for being here, Annalisa. It was really amazing to have you on the podcast and all these words of wisdom. I think that our listeners are going to love this conversation as much as I did. So thank you so much. You can find Icelandic. Their website is icelandicskis.com or at Icelandic underscore skis on Instagram. And Annalisa's Instagram is at Annalisa Lovely, A-N-N-E-L-I-S-E. L-O-V-E-L-Y. And you can follow her there. Um, don't forget to subscribe to Outside by Design so you don't miss our new episodes every Thursday morning. And leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us a lot. We, we love having feedback. If you love us or you hate us, we don't care. Just leave a review. Thank you. Next week, we have Mallory Otariano with Kind Apparel. And this is going to be a great one as well. I like Mallory. She's a lot of fun. Yeah. So subscribe to Outside by Design wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you next week.